You're listening to the Living Word Church Podcast. To learn more about Living Word Church and our service times, visit us online at livingwordli.org. Today's message comes from our lead pastor, Doug Jansen. So I'm so thankful for this series. This was something that was really on my heart, and I'm just so grateful that we've been able to spend three weeks now just talking about worship and what we do when we gather here together. You know, praise is an incredible thing. It's incredible how sometimes we can be going through difficult circumstances and still sometimes somehow have praise on our tongue. I saw this uh, Amazon review. One of my friends posted it a while back. There was a woman named Corey, and she had posted some reviews for some leggings on Amazon. And I wanted to read to you what she wrote. This got over 19,000 likes on Amazon as a helpful review. She says this, Can I just say that I will be reordering them in every color? Here is me rolling and sliding down a mountain. And she included this picture because I was too scared to get up. My leggings did not rip, not even a little bit, and I got stuck on rocks and trees. (laughs) This was Corey's incredible review. Then someone else posted this and gave a five-star rating. Mountain sliding lady was right. Glad I bought five. And here she posted (laughs) this picture. And so apparently sliding down mountains is more of a problem than we all realize. But I love that here is this lady with praise on her lips despite what she went through. I'm so thankful that Joey was able to talk last week about praising God even in the most difficult of circumstances. I'm thankful for Pastor Ravone a few weeks ago talking about this power of worship and what we do and why we do it. And, you know, I wanted just a few different voices than mine. I knew we needed to spend some time on this topic of worship, but I wanted you to hear from more than just me. And so I so appreciate these guys bringing their message these, these last several weeks. And the goal of this series is that we as Christians, when we come together or even from our couch, that, that when we gather as Living Word Church, that our corporate worship would grow, that it'd be more passionate, that we would be ready, that we'd come, that we'd even get here early, that we'd be showing up at 9.20 so that we're ready by 9.30 to be worshiping God together, that there would just be this passion and excitement, that we would be running. I don't know if you saw on our Instagram and Facebook account this morning, but this picture of our buddy, one of our awesome church members, this little guy running to get to church, running to get to nursery, man, that that passion would be in our heart, that we would run to get to be with the people of God and worship together. There's a few hang-ups we have with worship, though, aren't there? Joey and Pastor addressed some different ideas about worship, but, but I want to address a couple of hang-ups that we have. There are some things that sometimes get in the way of our worship when we're gathered together. You know, I think one of the issues we have is we often make worship about us, don't we? Like, we, we sometimes come in thinking, what's God going to do for me today during worship? Now, listen to me loud and clear God does incredible things in us and for us during worship. He does, doesn't he? But that's not the heart that we come in with, right? Like, think about it this way. You don't go to your friend's wedding thinking, man, today is going to be all about me, right? Maybe they'll have a mashed potato station, a taco bar. Like, I just, I can't wait. No, you go to your friend's wedding because you want to make a big deal of your friends. It's their day, right? So you go excited about them, ready to celebrate them, and you may get your tacos and your taters, but that's just a side benefit. And the same is true with us. If we come with this idea of worship as what can I get from God today? Listen, he's so good to us that he does give us. We get our tacos and our taters in worship, don't we, so to speak. But so much more than that, the heart of worship, and Pastor Ravone addressed this in week one, is that we would come in saying, God, we want this to be about you. 
This is about you. We're going to lift you up. We're going to make much of you. And so one of our hang-ups is that we make worship about us. First and foremost, it has to be about God. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more here today. Another hang-up we have, listen, this is so big. We easily publicly praise mere mortals, but we struggle to publicly praise our great God. Think about that, right? Guys in the room, come on, we got to be real. We go to a football game. We wait out in the parking lot. We, we're there. It's like zero. We, we, we'll tailgate. We'll, we'll bring all this food behind you know, the car and in the trailer, and we'll tailgate, and we'll sit there for hours, and then we'll go in the game, and we'll stand with all these other spectators, and we will jump up and dance, and we will raise our hands, and we will scream and shout, and we will yell, and we will praise. Okay. Now listen, I don't know if you ever knew that, but, but you are praising when you're there, and that's okay. Listen, it's okay to praise many things, it's okay to, but it's only okay to worship one. Got that? Okay. But, but we can praise, like God designed that when we're excited about something, praise would come out of us. That's a good and healthy thing. And so go to the football stadium and praise. That's great. But then what happens when we come in here? Like why can we so easily publicly praise mere mortals who can throw and catch good? And we come into an environment where we are going to worship the God who saved us and died for us and bled for us and rose from the dead in a climate-controlled room with free coffee. And we struggle to lift our hands in praise to God. I'm, I like football, but I'm more of a baseball guy. That's my passion. I have been at City Field, sorry for all the Yankee fans in the room, many times and jumped up and down, thrown my hands up in the air, a home run, a throw it out the plate. I go crazy. I don't care who's around me. And I can publicly praise a mere mortal. Then what happens when we come in here and we struggle to praise God? Maybe some of the ladies, maybe you get just as excited at the sporting event. Maybe your husband's sitting there on his phone and you're the one with your hands in the air. Or maybe for you, it's your favorite concert. You you go and see your favorite artist and you have every word down and you will put your hands up in the air and and sing. You'll, You'll hold your phone up, you know, and you're swaying back and forth. Or it's at that friend's wedding and you will dance your way off the dance floor, YMCA, whatever you got to do. You electric slide out into the parking lot until the valet gets your car, right? We so easily publicly praise mere mortals, but we struggle to praise our great God. So we're going to talk about that as well. That's a second hang-up. The third hang-up I want to address today is sometimes we just don't know what to do when it comes to publicly worshiping God. We just have some stuff that gets in the way. Maybe some stuff in our heads. You know, maybe we ask some questions, like, I don't know what to do right now. I, I don't like to sing. I, I don't like this style of music. What do I do with that? Well, I, I haven't prayed as much as I should have this week, or maybe I didn't read the Bible as much. Can I still worship? Maybe I'm new to all this, and, and wow, great, amazing, talented musicians, but what am I supposed to do? Or maybe, listen, maybe you're not new to this. Maybe you're old to this, and you're just like, bored of it. You're, you're used to it. You've been doing church for decades. I got to go sing again? Listen, guys in the room, okay. Some of us just don't know what to do when it comes to singing or lifting our hands. We, we just don't know what to Listen, we don't know what to do with all of our manliness in the moment. What do I, what do, I do with it right now? We're going to talk about that here today because we've got some hang-ups, and I want to address these struggles here today. And so you heard Pastor Ron and Joey talk about the incredible power of praise, both what it does to bless the heart of God and what it does 
in return for us, what, what God does do so faithfully. If we come first and foremost to say, I want to honor you, God is so gracious to do mighty and powerful things in us. But today I want to challenge the idea that worship is first and foremost about us. And I, I want us to work through that struggle that we publicly praise mere mortals, but we struggle to praise our God. And I want to talk about what we do with all those questions and uncertainties about our corporate worship, our gathered worship here. In fact, let me get to the heart of it right now, okay? A few months ago, I felt like God kind of broke worship down to its simplest form. Any mathematicians in the room? I am not one, by the way. No one raised their hand. I'm very proud to lead this church, okay? Uh, No, mathematicians, right? I'm trying to help my eighth grade son like do math and i'm done i'm so thankful my mom my mother-in-law is a brilliant mathematician and so breaking things down to their simplest form right taking complex things breaking them down if you're a mathematician you do this you get this and i think god really graciously broke worship down to me in its simplest forms two words adore jesus everybody say adore jesus Adore Jesus. If you're wondering what worship is all about, if you're struggling and you make it about you and not him, if you uh, struggle to praise God but you can praise mere mortals, if you don't know what to do with all those questions, let me just break it all down for you and me and just say, if we could learn to gather and adore Jesus, then we are hitting the nail on the head. Think about it this way. What do I do when I'm worshiping? I just adore Jesus. What do I do if I don't sing or I don't like the style of music? What do I do if I didn't pray enough this week or read my Bible? Just, it's all right, just adore Jesus. What if I'm new to all this or what if I'm old to all this or what if I'm so manly I can't dare open my mouth or raise my hand? Just simply adore Jesus. What does adore mean? Well, in the English language, it means this, to worship or honor as deity or as divine. And I think about you and I, whoa, that was fun, amen, Lord, yes. I think about this word adore, and you know, you find this word adore many times throughout different translations in different ways. And actually, the, the translation, as I was looking this up, that has the word adore, or, or a form of the word adore, mostly is actually the Spanish version of the Bible. They use it more than any English translation. And it's not a word that's used all that much in our Bibles, but you find it here and there. One of the places you find it is in Song of Solomon. It's between a Solomon and, and the woman and he that are in love, and there's this idea of adoration and adoring. But in the NLT version, the New Living Translation, we usually use NIV or ESV, but in the NIV, there's this beautiful wording and this, this beautiful inclusion of this word adore in a setting of worship. And I want us to look at that here today. We're going to look in First Chronicles 29. And we're going to have it up on the screen. We're going to bounce to Psalms real quick. But 1 Chronicles 29, what's happening is David and Solomon are are preparing for the building of the temple. And we're going to see some of that. And then we're going to dive into some beautiful worship. So look at this. It says in verse 1, Then King David turned to the entire assembly. So we got a whole bunch of people gathered, okay? And said, My son Solomon whom God has clearly chosen as the next king of Israel, is still young and inexperienced. The work ahead of him is enormous. For the temple he will build, listen, is not for mere mortals. It is for the Lord God himself. Okay, so David has wanted to build the temple. The Lord actually did not let David build the temple because he was too bloodthirsty a king. 
don't know if you read the Psalms sometimes, and you're like, oh, Lord, just break their teeth. And you're like, what is up with David? Well, well, the Lord wasn't always all right with David's intentions. And sometimes as a, as a king, he had to defend his nation, but, but he was also too bloodthirsty, a king. And so the Lord said, Solomon is going to build a temple, and David's helping Solomon prepare. And I love this statement. This temple that we are building is not for mere mortals, but for the Lord himself. He's saying, this temple isn't about Solomon. It's not about me, David. No, it's for the Lord himself. I love that they're going to build this temple and the people are going to come together and worship God. And listen, the presence of God was going to dwell in this temple. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus, the presence of God dwells in you. Coolest thing in the whole world, no? Like everywhere you go. The presence of God dwells in you. So we don't have to go to a temple or even this building to try to find the presence of God. It's in you. But back in the Old Testament times, the presence of God was only deposited on certain people, certain times, and certain places. And in this temple is the place God's presence would dwell as the people gathered. But I love that idea. And I want to borrow David's phrase and think about our worship. So we're not building a physical house for God to come and dwell because he already dwells in us. But I I love that phrase, not for mere mortals. I want you to think about that. We get to build God a different type of house made of our praise, and it's not for mere mortals. It's not for just somebody who is great at a certain thing. It's not for someone who deserves these accolades because they're famous and wonderful. No, this is for the Lord himself. And that's the attitude that we come with. Lord, I want to build you a house of praise today. In fact, not just me, but Living Word Church, us here gathered in the room and those sitting at home, we're going to build the Lord a house today made out of our praise. And this house we're building is not for mere mortals. It is for the Lord himself. So I go to the wedding, first and foremost, to celebrate those that I love, to to lift up, to exalt and bless and praise those who are coming together on that day. Will there be a nice slab of steak for me? Probably, and that'll be great. But first and foremost, I'm coming to celebrate them, and that's the heart for you and me coming to church. I'm going to celebrate my Savior today. And there might be a nice slab of steak, so to speak, spiritually, but I'm going to come with that heart, and I want to worship God because I love him. I want to celebrate my friend's wedding because I love them. I want to celebrate the Lord because I love him. Will I get freed up from some of my burdens while I worship? Yes. Will I you know, exchange some anxiety and fear for joy and peace? Yeah. That's just a beautiful thing that God does because he's just that good to you and me. But I want to adore Jesus. So how do I get past making it about me? Adore Jesus. Come in to adore him. Second hang up. Isn't it? something crazy that we so easily publicly praise mere mortals, but we struggle to praise our God. This is something we have to push past. Well, how do we do that? It's so simple. We just have to adore Jesus. You praise what you adore. Why are you okay and even maybe want to be shown on the jumbotron at the game jumping up and down like a fool? Because you adore your team. Why do you paint your face? Because you adore your team. Why did one Cavs fan back in 2015 get a predictive tattoo that said, 
NBA world champs on his ankle. Too bad the Warriors won that year. Um, Why did he do that? Because he adores his team. I'm telling you, when you adore something or someone, praise is going to flow out of your life. Adore Jesus. Come around who he is. Come around what he's done. Come around his greatness and his bigness and his mercy. Listen, we've been through some awful stuff in the last few years, but there is so much we can still Look to our Savior and say, you've been good to me. This hurt. I was broken here. I almost fell apart. I almost lost it completely. But, Lord, you carried me. You are good. You sustained me, Jesus. You are amazing. You can adore your Savior. And when you adore your Savior, praise is going to flow out of you. The story goes on. David talked a bit about how he collected a bunch of supplies to build the temple. And now, in addition, he would be donating from his own collection. Read this with me, all right? Stay with me. Don't tune out. For some reason, sometimes I feel like when we read Scripture together on the screens, we can tune out a little bit. Stay with me. Here's what it says. I'm donating more than 112 tons of gold from Ophir and 262 tons of refined silver to be used for overlaying the walls of the building and for the other gold and silver work to be done by the craftsmen. Now then... Who will follow my example and give offerings to the Lord today? Then the family leaders, the leaders of the tribes of Israel, the generals, captains of the army, the king's administrative officers all gave willingly for the construction of the temple of God. They gave about 188 tons of gold, 10,000 gold coins, 375 tons of silver, 675 tons of bronze, and 3750 tons of iron. They also contributed numerous precious stones, which were deposited in the treasury of the house of the Lord. And some of you guys are thinking, Doug is baiting and switching us today. He told us he was talking about worship. He's talking building fund right now. No, no, we're not talking building fund right now, okay? Because the reality is David and Solomon were preparing to build the temple And though you and I don't have Elon Musk levels of gold and silver, we have praise. We have worship. And we can build the Lord a house made out of those things. In fact, the same guy who's speaking in 1 Chronicles, David said this in Psalm 22. But you are holy, everybody say enthroned. Enthroned in what? Enthroned in the praises of Israel. You're enthroned, God. In other words, you take a seat. Pastor Ravone mentioned this a few weeks ago. You take a seat or you dwell in the praises of your people. So when we come on a Sunday and we gather, we can build the Lord a throne that he would come and dwell. Now, remember, I said earlier, everywhere you and I go, the presence of God is in us. But something special happens, doesn't it, when we gather in worship? Like God's presence comes in a special way. It's always with us. But I think you and I long for the presence of God that we can feel, that, that we can experience, that brings joy, that breaks chains, that brings salvation to loved ones. I think we long for that kind of presence, don't we? And that kind of presence comes in a special way when you and I praise and worship God. He is enthroned in the presence, praises of his people. Maybe you thought coming on a Sunday... Worship was about you. It's not. It's about him, and he's so good that he still does great things in us. Maybe you've wrestled through some of the struggles of praising mere mortals, but now you're singing, man, i got to praise God in the same way with that same passion and fire that I get excited about a concert or a sporting team. And I love that when we praise God, we make it about him, that he meets us in a beautiful and powerful way. 
Let's go to verse 10. Then David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. So this is interesting. This is where we take a little bit of a turn. Because so far we've been talking about building a temple, right? And then in the middle of that conversation, David turns it to praise. And he praises God in front of everybody. Now listen, everybody look up at me real quick. This is really important, okay? Everybody younger in the room, look up at me real quick. I think sometimes we're afraid to worship around certain people. You know, it was funny. When I was a youth pastor back in the day, there would be an amazing worship experience Friday night at youth group. And then I'd come to church Sunday morning and the same kids would be standing there drooling, you know? I'm like, guys, what's going on? If you're worshiping on Friday night, but you're not worshiping on Sunday, then you're worshiping in an environment and not Jesus, right? So we've got to come with an excitement and a passion, whether it's our favorite type of music or, or those intimidating people are or aren't around. And this is where David nails it. Remember, David just stood up in front of the entire assembly and praised God. Why is that a big deal? Because who was in the assembly? Some of us guys in the room, men, can we just get real for a minute? We're afraid to raise our hand. We're intimidated. We feel weird. It's not manly. It's not tough, right? David just praised God in front of the entire assembly. Why is that a big deal? Because of who was in the assembly. It wasn't just like an assembly of all the women and children, and he could be bold in front of them. You know who it was? We were told earlier, let me, let me remind you, it was officers, commanders, officials, and listen to this last one, warriors. The warriors were there. Think Braveheart, think blue paint and white paint. Think, like, think the crazy guys, the jacked guys, the most ridiculous guys. Like, that's who David decides to just break out in praise in front of. Some tough guys. Guys, who is the toughest person you know? Now, you can't all pick me, okay? I'll let a few of you do it, but there's got to be some other people. Some of you pick. No, but for real, who is just like that guy? Like, you think of him, and you're like, oh, man, he likes, you know, chews up pain, spins it back out. Like, I, I, I could never imagine worshiping in front of that guy. Well, here's what I want you to think about. That guy invites you and all of his tougher friends over, Okay? they're all there, and, and you're gathered, and he wants you to give them some kind of little speech. And as you're giving the speech, suddenly something busts out in your heart, and you just feel like, I've got to praise God right now. The most intimidating crowd you could think of, right? The biggest guys, the most jacked guys you know, here is David praising the Lord in front of them, pushing past inhibition, pushing past Fears of what people might think. And David says, oh no, I'm going to praise the Lord. And it goes on in front of these tough guys, the warriors, the officials, and all the captains and generals. It says in 1 Chronicles 29, verse 10, O Lord, the God of our ancestor Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore, everybody say adore. We adore you as the one who is over all things. That word adore in the Hebrew is nasah. Everybody say nasah. It means to lift, carry, or exalt. God, we adore you. David's in front of all the warriors, the toughest of the tough, the fighting men, and he just loses his mind in a beautiful way in praise. God, we exalt you. We're going to lift you up. We nassah you. We adore you. We're going to praise you. I love that that's his heart. David was a manly man. David was a warrior, but he wasn't afraid to praise the Lord in front of the scarier guys than even he was. I think 
when you and I gather and we could push past who's in the room. And listen, by the way, you have it easy. It's dark in here on purpose. It's loud in here on purpose. You're not doing a solo on stage, everybody. Okay? We can push past all that and worship God. And I think that when we lift him and exalt him, we're lifting and exalting him above the good in our life. Some of those things that sometimes distract us and we come back to it and say, oh God, you're better than, than even that great thing in my life. We lift him above the bad stuff, the problems in our life that sometimes steal our worship because our hearts are hard and angry. And we lift them and exalt them above our pride, don't we? And so when we come together, we have to learn to lift God above our pleasures, our problems, and our pride. It goes on. David's still in it. I love this. Can we just worship together as we read this out? Wealth and honor come from you alone. For you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand, and at your discretion people are made great and given strength. Oh, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. And he says this, but who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to you? Everything we have has come from you, and we give you only what you first gave us. And this is a huge tip on what worship is. What is worship? What is adoring Jesus? It's a response. You know, when you and I worship God, we're not giving him something that he lacks. He's not all insecure. Oh, the living word church worships me today. Right? No, we are responding. You are a God of power and strength and might. And now I'm just going to kind of reflect that back to you, God. And I'm going to thank you for that. I'm going to honor you. I'm going to lift you and exalt you. David then continues praising for a bit. And then he prays. But then he says this. Okay, guys, this isn't a concert. He looks at the officials and the commanders and the warriors And he says, let's praise together. Look at verse 20. Then David said to the whole assembly, give praise to the Lord your God. He's telling the fighters and the officials. Remember, this wasn't a gathering of the whole nation. It was a gathering of those four groups. Those tough guys. Those people of authority. Those people that were a little intimidating. Those people who probably pushed back at David sometimes. Those people who had maybe a different idea than David did. Those people who maybe disagreed with David sometimes. Those people who you would send to take out your worst enemy. He's looking at them saying, all right, it is time to give praise to our Lord. And look what it says in the entire assembly. Praise the Lord, the God of their ancestors. They bowed low and knelt before the Lord and the King. People who were used to others bowing low in their presence bowed low before the Lord. Lift him up. Exalt him. Nassah, adore together. This is such a beautiful and powerful picture. And listen, these men, and this is a point we bring up a lot here at church, and it needs to be brought up a lot. These men at this time didn't have a Savior that had come and died for them. Right? They were living before Jesus came. They were looking ahead to a promise that Jesus would come, but they weren't looking back to an event that Jesus had come like you and I do. You and I don't look around today going, man, I hope the Savior will come and I hope he'll rescue us from our sin. No, we look back and say, Jesus came and died. It was brutal. He was brutally murdered in our place and he rose back from the dead. I am going to honor him. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to respond to him. I don't care if it doesn't feel manly. Guys, I'm calling you out today. I don't know if you noticed. Okay, all right, good. Martin Luther, 
was a manly guy. Not Martin Luther King. He was, a, he was a tough dude too. Martin Luther was a tough guy. He didn't have huge muscles and he didn't fight with a sword. But Martin Luther in the 1500s stood up to the corrupt church of his day. And you and I largely know the truth about the gospel and the grace of Jesus today because a guy like Martin Luther stood up. And he was arrested and he was imprisoned and he thought he would at one point or uh, several points in his life that he would actually be executed. He stood up. And he was tough. And he made a great impact. But you know what? He was a worshiper. In fact, this is what he says. To gather with God's people in united, what's the word? Adoration, there's our word, of the Father is as necessary to the Christian life as prayer. Wow. It's as necessary to the Christian life as prayer for you and I to come in together, uh, those of you at home, to, to not just sit there with some lucky charms on your shirt watching the band, like, like to, to worship together, to adore Jesus, our Savior, our great King. Have you seen today, worship is not first and foremost about you. God does great things for us when we worship Him. But first and foremost, it's about lifting Him up and saying, you are so good. Have you seen today, it is really messed up how easily we publicly praise mere mortals. But we struggle to publicly praise our great God. That needs to change. It's a decision we make. Now, guys in the room, if you're anything like me, and ladies too, I could, I could throw you in there. I think sometimes after a message, message like this, I know what my reaction is. Well, if you told me to do it, I'm really not going to do it now. <laughs> right? There's, there's enough of that in my flesh still. Oh, he, all right, Doug challenged me to raise my hand today. Oh, can we just all do this, by the way, by, real, real quick? Just, just do that. Just go ahead. I'm just showing you you have the power. All right, you did it. You made a choice and you raised your hand. Good. Okay. I just want to remind all of us that this is so much bigger than me saying it or some kind of pressure. In fact, before I was like, God, I pray not one person would feel guilted into doing anything. I pray we would just see the amazing invitation that we have to join in the most beautiful thing, in the thing we so naturally do in so many other settings outside this room for things so much less valuable. That we'd come together and say, God, if there's a moment I could sing, I could lift my hands, I could jump up and down, I could praise you. Or some of us, we're, we're going to just sit quietly and we're going to look at the screen and we're going to let the words really actually get through and not just sit here because it's another Sunday. You know what I mean? It's not about how high you raise your hands. It's about, am I actually connecting with Jesus? Am I adoring Jesus? Is this spirit and truth, right? That's what Jesus said. He wanted worshipers who worshiped in spirit and in truth. Did you discover today what to do with all of your hang-ups? Oh, Doug, I'm not a singer, man. I don't love music. I don't like the style of music. I haven't prayed enough. I haven't worshiped enough this week. I haven't read the Bible enough. Just adore him. He, he so longs for that. I, like, I hope you know there was not like a, an amount of Bible reading you had to do today before you were in the right position to come and worship God today. Hey, listen, read the Bible. It's amazing. Do it. it it's life-changing. But I don't want anyone to ever come in here and just hold back because they weren't like Christian 100% of the week this week. No, we come in and we get to adore Jesus together. Guys in the room, can we please, for the love of it all, realize how manly we can be as we worship our Savior. How actually it is a beautiful thing for you and I to come 
to our Savior. In fact, it might just be the toughest thing we do, the most manly dude thing we could possibly do is to come to Jesus and say, I'm all yours. I'm all in. I'm going to honor the greatest king. I'm going to honor the most wonderful uh, being in all of existence, so much greater than mere mortals. Just do what we do in every other setting, in so many other settings, and instead aim that affection at Jesus. Two words. Adore Jesus. We get to lift him up together in this place. We get to exalt him in this place. I want to encourage the kids in the room, the teenagers in the room, those who are even younger than that in the room, man, start to adore Jesus. Start to worship God. See what happens as you put him first and the things that he begins to do in your life. It's such a beautiful and powerful thing. Next week, we're going to talk about maybe some of the passion that we've lost. It's not this series. It's just, it's just a whole other idea next, next week of, of that passion that we sometimes lose. Maybe some of us in the room just feel passionless towards Jesus. Maybe the things we've been through in the last few years have robbed some of that passion, hardened our heart in some way. Maybe you're strong in your passion. Come on back and get more passionate. We're going to talk about that next Sunday. But can we come together week in, week out with a heart to respond to Jesus? to adore him together, to lift him up higher than all of the other things in our life, pleasures, problems, and pride? Can we push through our objections and our questions? Can we push through maybe some of the distractions and just say, I just need to adore Jesus? I I looked at our worship team every Sunday over the last month, and I said, guys, your job is simple. I mean, it's not really because they're incredibly talented, and it takes a whole lot. And David said, play skillfully before the Lord, so you don't want me up here singing, okay? It's great you have them up here singing. But at the end of the day, I said to them, guys, I want you to just do two, really two words. It all comes down to adoring Jesus. If you can just help us adore Jesus, job done. Hey, if you can play the lead and help us adore Jesus, play it. But if you trying to play that lead, you're going to struggle through it and your heart's going to be on the music instead of him, don't play the lead. Just adore Jesus. Just lead us to Jesus, whatever that looks like. And that's my prayer for you and me. And if we adore Jesus, we'll be a church that pleases the heart of God. And we will be a bunch of people who experience his power in a special way as he is enthroned in our praises. And our hearts will be satisfied in the most beautiful thing in all existence, our great Savior, Jesus. I once heard Matt Chandler tell a story about being overseas in a country where it was illegal to be a Christian. And they were meeting in the basement of a church, just a handful of believers. And if they were caught, they could be imprisoned or executed. And they sang in a whisper together. They couldn't do anything more than that because it cost them everything. But they gathered, and you would just think, all right, well, let's just read some scripture, or let's just pray together. We could just do that quiet. No, they opened up their songbooks, and they whispered out praises to their God. And I just think, man, there's a picture of some people who adore Jesus. There's a picture of some people who it could cost them everything. And they're still going to gather, and they're still going to speak out the praises of a great God. Because there's nothing greater, there's no one greater. And he is worthy of every ounce of praise that could come out of our lips. That our worship and our praise would be a beautiful offering to him. And he comes and he meets us 
in a special way. If you're not a follower of Jesus, maybe you're like, I don't know about all this singing stuff. I don't know about all this, you know, raising my hands stuff. Like, okay, listen, today I pray that you've heard about a God who is greater than everyone else and a Savior named Jesus who died, gave his life for you to remove your sin, not just to make you somebody who tries harder yourself, but literally removes your sin and makes you forgiven and his. If you want to put your trust in him today, I'd love for you to pray with me in just a minute. But church, together, let's adore Jesus. God, we are thankful that you've given us the vehicle of music and corporate worship to come together and to praise your name. God, we thank you. It is first and foremost about you. And you are just that good to us that that, that moment that is about you, 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 you kind of turn it around and, and put great joy in our heart as we praise. And you, you give us peace as we worship and you break off chains and sometimes even sickness and addictions as we lift you up and exalt you above all things and adore you together. God, we repent and confess that we easily publicly praise mere mortals, but sometimes we publicly struggle in praising you. And God, we ask you for your help. We ask you to change our hearts. We ask you to get us so excited about you that we can push past the inhibitions. We can push past the struggles and the pressures and the fears. And we can just adore you as a church together. And God, I thank you that the answer to all of our questions is just simply adore Jesus. I pray you'll help us do that today. I thank you for such gifted musicians who love you that lead us week after week in adoring your name. I thank you for a climate-controlled room and free coffee where we can gather. But God, it's got to be about so much more than our comforts. It's got to be about giving you the praise you are worthy of. And so I pray our church will never be the same. I pray we will be a group of Christians who worship in such a special way. That first-time guest will come in and say, I don't know if I believe in this Jesus, but man, I'm convinced they do. I don't know if I love this Savior, but man, these people are crazy about this Jesus. And God, we want to build you a throne made of our praise. And I thank you that your presence dwells in us through our week, through gym class this week, through work and the office and home and all that we do. But God, there's a special revealing of your presence when we come. And so we ask that we would experience that here today and moving forward as your people gathered in your name. If you're a follower of Jesus, don't tune me out. If you kind of fell asleep for a second while I was praying there, Come on, come on back in. You ready? Can I just ask you to bring to God your biggest struggle when it comes to worship? Maybe I said something about it today. Maybe I didn't even address it. But would you bring that to God? And would you say, God, would you help me get past this? God, would you make me more passionate as we gather and worship together? And if you're not a follower of Jesus and you want to put your trust in him, you can pray with me right now. You just say something like this, Jesus, thank you that you came to die in my place, to forgive me of my sin, to rescue me and make me your own. Thank you that you want to put your presence in me, your Holy Spirit, that wherever I go, you'll be with me. 
Thank you for this gift of salvation. 